Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. I want to introduce you to a repeat guest, one of uh, just a very super fantastic young lady, Karis Hillman Brown. She's joining us today on I Work for Him for the third time. And today we're talking about a really special a, a topic that touches her to her core. We're talking about brokenness and how the Lord uses that in our lives to draw us closer to him, but also the healing process. Karis had a really great way. She posted it on Facebook today, and I can't find it. But Karis Hillman-Brown, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim, so much for having me. It's so awesome to have you back, and and I I love the way you worded it in your post this morning, and I was trying to scramble to get that as I ran back into the studio for the show, and and I couldn't see exactly how you worded it because you worded it really well. You you focused the title of today's topic on, on brokenness, but... Just describe it. <laughs> Just describe it for me. Oh, well, I, I posted it, and I just said, you know, brokenness as a door to, to God's goodness. And, you know, I think brokenness is something that is difficult to talk about sometimes. But, you know, all of us, I think, have experienced brokenness at one point or another in our lives if we're not going through something right now. And so often I think God works so much in those places of brokenness. And, you know, we just can't discount it because so many people have come to Christ as a result of brokenness. And so many people have come closer to God because of brokenness. And I really think that that's the place that we should be in all the time is, you know, just that needing God, you know, that no matter what's going on, like, 
I mean, the only answer I have is God. And so I really think that that's an important part of the Christian walk. I love that. So brokenness as a door to God's goodness. I love that. All right. I picked out a verse for us today, kind of a topic or or a, a verse that matches up our topic from Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And and what's really awesome is a lot of us don't really reach out to our Heavenly Father when things are good. You know, it's very hard to reach out to the Lord. Well, it's not harder. It's just hard to stay focused when everything's great. But when things start to go downhill, we often, you know, as our pastor says, when things start to go downhill, you pick up speed. And we often don't reach out to the Lord until things get really, really rough. But that's that brokenness that reminds us, oh, boy, I've been trying to do things on my own. So before we get into our conversation, I really want just to hear people hear from you today. How is Christ making a difference in your life right now? Well, I think, like, as far as day-to-day, I just try to trust God. I I try to really make it a focus to... um, you know, read the word and stay in the word and listen to what he's saying. And there are some times when I'm really seeking God and I don't hear a whole lot. And then there's other times that I hear something specific. And so I just always want to make it a focus to, you know, have an open door. And, you know, it says in the Bible to pray without ceasing, just to always have that open communication with God and no matter what I'm doing. And so I think that's primarily how God's working today. So when you say pray without ceasing, what does that look like for you? Um, I think it means, you know, I mean, we all struggle with things in our lives and, you know, challenges at work. And so, you know, it's just an open door between us and God that says, you know, no matter what I'm going through, God, what do you think about this? Or God, can you help me with this? Um, You know, a a favorite teacher of mine always says, God, help me, help me, help me, you know, throughout her day. And uh, I just think that's so important to just always have this attitude of just leaning on God for his divine inspiration, for his help, for his guidance in our lives, because we know that, you know, we're all fallible and we need help. And so I think that God is always willing to help us wherever we are. What I love about your perspective is that, you know, you're 20 some, you're 20 years younger than I, and you look at the world differently because of the world that you've lived in. And, And that's what's awesome because you see things differently. And as part of do you, are, are you, do you call yourself a millennial or is it Generation Y? Because I always get all messed up with all these labels. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I would be a part of, you know, millennials and Generation Y. And, uh, you know, our generation, I think, is a little bit different than the generations that came before. I mean, you know, I've heard it said that baby boomers, those that were born, you know, when the when the World War II, uh, you know, the, the vets came back from the war, um, you know, they're, they they work they live to work and our generation they we work to live and so it's a lot different um obviously we're very tech savvy we like flexibility we often question tradition and uh according to barna we're more likely to adopt our own belief system than adhere to that of a particular church Mm. so we're dealing with a little bit of a different you know perspective on life for sure but i but i love that and so what what i have heard from a lot of millennials and and the next generation after i'm not sure what they're going to call them but the uh (laughs) they don't they won't won't call them the Generation Zers, I don't think. But what I've noticed is that they really people are looking for genuineness. They, they're not. Yeah. They're not. They're very put off by religion. They're really. 
they're really attracted to genuineness, to, to true transparency, and they, they want to believe in something that's real. And that's what I love about it. And as we talk about brokenness today, the other thing about your generation is that there's a ton of brokenness because of the brokenness of the family. You know, in the last 50 years of my life, 49 years, those, those 50 years, these last 50 years, the family has been destroyed. I mean, it, the, the enemy has been very successful in splintering the family, and your generation has seen such a huge uptick. When I was a teenager, I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you any of my friends whose parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you say that today, people are like, really? Really? But it's so different today because teenagers today, 40 or 50% of their friends' parents are divorced. And that brings about a whole new level of brokenness in people because the family is such a, a solidifying piece in people's lives. And when that gets taken out from under them, it, it really it brings brokenness. Let's talk about your book. You brought out a book last year because we highlighted an I work for him, TGIF, Today God is First for Young Adults. And it's really a daily devotional that you that you published from from the perspective of the millennials, for people that are in your generation, as they as just a perspective for day to day getting started. Why did you write the book? <laughs> well, you know, my dad's written a devotional, you know, called TJ Update Got Us First. I know you had him on last week on your show. And uh, after I went to Bible college for two years and I started working with my dad, I just started to get revelations and I began to put pen to paper and write them down and. You know, it, there are some devotionals in there about your work as a calling. Um, there's there's at least, uh, you know, half a dozen, but there's also just everyday life. Really, how can I connect with God in my life? And so I was just writing from the perspective of, you know, my whole life is an, a, a, a sacrifice to God, is an offering to God. And how do I connect with God on an everyday basis? And so I just began to write down those revelations that the Lord would give me. And so then it turned into a 365-day devotional book. So, Describe your ministry, because you, you've got the 17graceconnection.com, I believe it is. Or, yeah, 17graceconnection.com. Describe that ministry that has launched out of the brokenness that, that really occurred in your life as a teenager. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm a really creative person, and I just felt like I needed to have an outlet for that. And so, you know, I'll just post different articles on that site. Um, you know, I work with my dad, and our main um, ministry website is marketplaceleaders.org. Um, but I do post my personal, you know, revelations or things I'm thinking about on that blog site. And so, um, you know, I think as far as the brokenness is concerned, I came from a broken home, like you were just talking about earlier, and I really had struggled with my faith. Um, you know, I accepted Christ as a five-year-old. My dad told me about Jesus, and I invited Jesus into my heart when I was five, um, but it didn't become real to me until much later. And, you know, my parents were married, but they had a really tumultuous relationship, and I'm sure there's people out there that can relate to that. And you know, I was I was younger. I was probably 10, 12 years old, and I just remember thinking, man, this this is like crazy. I mean, they just don't seem like they love each other. They're always fighting. You know, there's got to be something more. And it was really a struggle between the relationship with me and my dad because we we struggled to really. He, you know, he was working out of his own struggles and his own brokenness. And you know, we've heard it said, hurt people hurt people, and well, you know, broken people tend to kind of, you know, have an effect on other people. So so I grew up in all that. And so when I was, uh, I think I was 12, I just decided, you know, I'm not going to uh, pursue God anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm angry at God. I'm angry about this situation. 
And then my parents did end up divorcing. And so that left me feeling very broken, but then God intervened later. Do you think that the brokenness of the family, you know, that's what it drove you to. I mean, it's what broke you is what really caused a lot of that hurt inside of you. You've got a lot of peers, your generation. Do you think that the the breakup of the family is what drives most of it? Is there other things that are causing kids to experience such deep brokenness? And I say kids, sorry, you're you're <laughs> you're over thirty, but you know, for all these these people that are that are really twenty, fifteen to thirty, these kids are struggling today because of of, of stuff. What do you what do you attribute it to? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors. I mean, I think it could be relationships with family and parents, um, or seeing you know, broken home or living under the effects of that. But also I think it could be culture as well. You know, our culture has a really warped uh, view of who God really is. You know, we're really distrustful. We really don't know who God is. And that's where I was at 12 years old, where I just really, you know, thought that God was so angry at me and he was, you know, just ready to, you know, strike the gavel and judge me. And I learned later that that's not who he was at all. And so I think also that just religion, you know, people's good intentions may fall short as far as them sharing God and them thinking who God is. But, you know, the comparison between God and then the religious people that I saw was way different. So I had a huge paradigm shift once I realized who God really was and who he wasn't. And that helped me to heal a great deal. You've got a daily devotional. I know you've, you've got a book, which you gave away, which uh, has been inspiring to many already. TGIF, to get, Today God is First for, for Young Adults. But you also have a daily devotional that people can sign up for. How do they get signed up for that? Yes, they can go to marketplaceleaders.org. And that's marketplaceleaders with an S. And then you'll see at the bottom of our site, we've got links for the devotional. And then it'll say Next Gen Daily Devotional. And just click on that link and then you can sign up. So, so they're really they're really just looking for marketplaceleaders.org, and then they're if they have to search the site, they're just looking for something that says next gen. Yes, on the very bottom. Like as it's short for next generation. All right, perfect. Now, I'll make sure we put that on Facebook tonight. But if you're out there looking for a daily devotional for you, a younger person in the workplace, just I mean somebody that approaches like differently than the old people in your world, like us forty and fifty year olds. Uh, TGIF Next Gen is the devotional for you. And they're great. I actually am inspired by them, Karis. I've got them coming every day. And there's always great information out there. And it's inspiring as you just look at life from a different perspective. And really, that's what your dad's devotionals did for me. Shifted my paradigm upside down 10 years ago. So just fantastic. The the, the writing abilities that God has gifted in your family are staggering. So, <laughs> so how... How have you been, let's just talk about, let's get into the brokenness conversation because this is really going to be inspiring for a lot of people trying to understand brokenness because a lot of people, Martha and I do a lot of marriage mentoring and we see the people really struggle. They, they try to ignore the stuff that happened in their past, even though it involved a lot of brokenness, they just pretend that it never happened. How, do, how did you learn to work through your brokenness and, and what kind of a difference has it made in your life? Well, I was really at the end of my rope when I turned 17 and this is kind of how everything started to turn around for me. I was feeling just so depressed, and I, I had just struggled with all the lies that the enemy had implanted in my life um, from ever since I was a little kid. And so, you know, lies can come in many forms. They can come through parents unknowingly. You know, our parents have the best of intentions, but sometimes they miss things, and that's where it's so often that God can fill in those gaps. Um, but I was really struggling with, you know, a lot of the things that I believed about myself, and I didn't feel like I had a purpose in life. And so, um, you know, I was just really 
really down in the dumps. And my mom wanted to take me out to dinner for my birthday. I was about to turn 17. And, you know, I all throughout my life growing up, my favorite thing in the world is rainbows. And this is important because of what ended up happening next. But I was just so broken and so downtrodden and just feeling like my life didn't have any purpose. And I was really thinking about, as my mom and I are driving to this restaurant for my birthday, what is my purpose and what am I here for? And I, I, I just was so depressed. I was actually contemplating suicide. And so we're driving, and I'm questioning God. I'm really asking God, what is this all about? I just don't know if I can do this anymore. And as we drive, we drive up to the restaurant, and I look, and there is a big, beautiful rainbow right above the restaurant. And it was as if God said to me in that moment, Karis, I do love you, and I do have a plan for your life. And I just want you to know that this is, you know, a special gift from me to you on your birthday. And so that just completely gave me chills. It was just the right thing at the right time that spoke to my life. And I thought, God really does care about me. He put something just right in front of my path for me to realize that he does have, you know, he does love me. and He does have a plan for my life. And so after that, I began to really seek after God. And it says, you know, in his word that if we seek God with all of our heart, we will find him. And that has definitely been true for me. So that was the beginning of your healing process. That's the way I would describe it. it, it, it the mm-hmm. beginning of your healing process. How did God lead you? I mean, that was the time where you recognized, okay, God really does care about the intimate mm-hmm. details of your, li- your life. He really wants to be part of the healing process. He really cares about the fact that you're broken. It wasn't his desire for you to experience that kind of brokenness. It was his desire for you to experience intimacy with him. How, what, how did you start working through that? What were some of the things that you did to to uh, to work through that brokenness? How did it start? Well, you know, I, I hadn't been a really regular churchgoer, and so God ended up leading me to a great church where I learned about Him. You know, my church experience as a young kid was really just stagnant, and I didn't really feel God, and I was looking for the real thing, like you were talking about earlier. I was looking for something real. I was really wanting to know God, and so God ended up leading me to a great church, uh, then after that, I went to Bible college part-time for one year and full-time for two years, and I began to learn more and more about God. Um, there were people in my life that God put around me that, you know, really spoke the truth into my life, and that was really just a big a big deal for me because of, you know, if you've been through, um, you know, a not-so-godly background, even though we were Christians, you know, to really see what this looks like in someone's life, people were willing to share with me openly about their relationship with God, and that was just so instrumental. And then I also went through a program called Life Skills. It's based out in Colorado, and uh, that was that was a huge, had a huge impact in my life because I began to unlearn some of those lies. And I began to realize, oh my goodness, I'm not crazy. Like there was a reason I thought this way because of an experience that had happened when I was young. Mm-hmm. But then God began to rewire my brain and reprogram it with the truth and with God's word. I want you to step back to that because you, you because that's a very powerful, powerful piece to this. You talked about your church involvement, talked about you really went to school, you learned a lot more about God. People God surrounded you with people of truth who would speak mm-hmm. truth in your life. But you, when you went to this life skills course, as you described it, you started to unlearn the lies. And that's, mm-hmm. that is something that I see a lot in people, that there's a lot of lies that they have believed in their life, which led them to brokenness and lack of purpose and lack of hope. What did mm-hmm. that look like to unlearn the lies? I mean, that that's powerful, but it's also 
the enemy really relishes in the lies because that's where his power power comes is in us believing those lies. How did you learn to unlearn lies? <laughs> so why don't you describe uh, just take this describe one of the lies and then how did you un, and and what was the process of of rebuking that lie in your life? <laughs> okay, well, let's see. And we're all, you know, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not at the, the you know, the, the level of perfection at all. We'll never get to that. So it's always we, a process of like unlearning the lies. But pe- people listen think, to my show every day, Karis. They know we're not anywhere near <laughs> to perfection. Yes. So, well, I guess one of them for me was, um, you know, my dad and I had a lot of, uh, we're, we're really, we're similar in some ways, but then we're very different in other ways. And so I realized that one of my main love languages was words of affirmation. Mm. And my dad is a very quiet person. He's very, um, you know, he, in his gifting, he's, he's very much, you know, the teacher and he, you know, he's grown so much since he, since way back when, when we were, when I was younger, but back then, um, he struggled to say affirming words to me. And so, and there were other things that happened as well, but what I took from that, the lie that the enemy planted in my mind and in my heart was that I am not worthy of uh, affirm- affirmation. I'm not worthy of my dad to speak loving words to me or to encourage me. And it was even just the absence of those words that caused the root of a lie. And so I had to learn later, you know, God is crazy about me. And he, you know, when I began to develop this relationship with God, I began to hear what he was saying to me. And it was way, 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 way different. And so when I began to learn to listen to God's voice, you know, he would say, daughter, I love you. I have a plan for your life. I have good things for you. You know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you, says God, plans to prosper you to give you a hope in a future. And so, you know, scripture, I will say, is really important in uprooting those lies and planting the truth. It's almost like you've got a garden. Your mind is a garden, you know, and you've got to go in there and you've got to rip out the, the weeds. And then you've got to plant the seeds of God's truth and water them. And, you know, it's like God is the sunshine and he makes those those seeds of truth grow. And so then our lives can flourish and we be, can become the person that God intended us for, intended for us to be. I, you just, you just said a line that literally, well, first of all, it could be a, a perfect title for a book. So you can go ahead and take this title, <laughs> but your mind is like a garden. You need to weed it. In other words, get rid of the, identify the lies and pull them out, but then plant the seeds of truth and water them fertilize them. That that was powerful, Karis. I love that because that is really, that's the struggle that we all have. Those lies got, have gotten repeated in our in our heads so many times we've come to believe them even though they are lies and be able to recognize them and yank them out and start, you can't just yank them out, you got to replace them with the truth. Every day in the workplace, we work alongside people who are broken, who see life as hopeless, purposeless, just meaningless. And we've got the answer. As Christ followers, we know that all of those things are lies. All of those things are not true and that we've got the answer. When some, you know, there's been all kinds of of movies about the meaning of life. People, hear me. We know the meaning. We've got it. It's Jesus, a relationship with our Heavenly Father. All of our lives, our existence is about finding out that God is real and he loves us so much 
that he died for us so that we could have a personal relationship with him. That's the meaning to life. It's nothing else. And yes, beyond that, all of the relationships that happen and spur out of all of that. But we're talking today about brokenness because God often uses brokenness in our lives to just draw us close. Because a lot of times we're so full of ourselves, we stop. We don't take the time to see him until we're broken. Karis, you, you mentioned right before the, the um, out going out to the break, you said this line, our mind is like a garden. We need to pull the weeds, but then we need to plant the seeds of truth and water them to fertilize them so that the truth replaces the lies that are represented by the weeds in our mind. That's a vivid, vivid image. How did that come to you? Well, I can't take full credit for it. That's okay. Give credit where credit's due. I think I saw a Facebook graphic that said something like that, and I was like, yes, that's it. Um, so I cannot take full credit for that. We'll give, but, we'll, we'll give credit to whoever the anonymous Facebook donor <laughs> was, but that's a fantastic yes. line. You just need to find out who they are. and just, Well, actually, you don't have to. Just see if the name, our mind is like a garden. Just see if that name has been out there on a book, and you need to write that <laughs> book. You need to write that book. All right, so we're, I, I interrupted you because you were talking about the, the steps that God used in your life to bring about healing and and you went to, you, you got involved in a church body a body of Christ that that lifted you up you you went to school to learn more about our heavenly father you surrounded yourself with people of truth and you went to this life skills course that taught you how to unlearn the lies that you had believed about yourself were there any final steps or were those final steps you starting to share your story with other people yeah i mean you know people god would use people in my church and in you know, different teaching places that I went to, like the life skills. Um, but I really do think that, you know, we we experience the most fulfillment by helping others. You know, it's so awesome when, I, I will just tell you, you know, you mentioned Mercy Ministries a, a little bit ago, and we, we recently went there uh, to share with the girls that were in uh, the program there in St. Louis. And I tell you what, it, is, it was the greatest joy of my life to know that my brokenness meant something that the pain that I experienced could be used to help somebody else. And, you know, there's, there's another graphic going around social media that uh, it's, it's a picture of a pot, and it's, it's a picture of, um, I think it was the Japanese, where they, they actually glued uh, broken pots together with gold. They put gold in the, in the filling where the broken part was, and to them it was just an experience of saying, you know, um, that brokenness meant something, but now it can be used for something even greater. And so, you know, that that was just such a joy to be able to be with, with the girls at Mercy Ministries and be able to share with them that, you know, God can use the brokenness and He can let His light shine out to others through that brokenness. And so that's just the most amazing thing, that God can turn around those things for good. Well, and, and, I, and I just, I'm... I'm in awe of how God has used the brokenness in your life to touch other people. I mean, and now you're talking to thousands of people at a time, right now you're talking to thousands of people on the air. <laughs> it did, but I'm sure it didn't start out that way. How did you recognize that the Lord was going to use that brokenness for his glory by helping you help other people? As you just said, it's easy to recognize those that are really broken because hurting people hurt people. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to recognize that in people. Okay, I say that. I, I recognize it because I've been there. But how did God start this ministry for you? And how did it start? Well, I think I'm still realizing that, you know, there's something going on here with brokenness. And so, 
you know, I just think that, you know, if, if you if you come to a realization or something, of course you want to share it with other people. You know, it's like if you just found, like, a jewel in the desert, of course you weren't going to want to say, oh, look, there's, you know, let me show you where the jewels are at. And so, you know, I just feel like if God can rewire my brain and rewire, you know, the lies that I believed, you know, he doesn't want anyone to feel the way I felt when I was a teenager. He never wants anyone to feel like they're worthless or they don't matter or, you know, you know, they, they're thinking about suicide. Every person has value. Every person was created by God for a purpose. And so, you know, once I realized that and I began to feel so much differently as a result of replacing the lies with the truth, I mean, it's like everybody needs to know this stuff, you know, like, and as far as speaking to those in the workplace that, you know, are broken, it's like, there's typically a reason why, you know, someone is acting the way that they are. And it's not personal. You know, we, I, I often run into this myself. I think, oh, are they mad at me? Like, what's happening? But there's probably something else that is affecting them under the hood. And, you know, the first thing that we can do is just, you know, about to pray for that person and, you know, be a support to them and try to point them in the right direction when they are, you know, experiencing brokenness. You know, you mentioned in another article that I found um, that we, when we come up, when, when brokenness or, or things happen in our lives that cause brokenness, things that, where we get hurt, we've got a couple of, we've got three choices. We've got real three choices on how to how to deal with it, and and I just wrote it down in my notes that we got three ways to deal with it. We can bottle it up and try to ignore it, which it sounds like you did as a kid for a while. You bottle up, you try to ignore it, you didn't know what to do with it, and but it really makes you calloused inside because you start to believe the lies. But then we could or we could lash out in anger. Did you ever have that struggle where you just lashed out in anger to all of the the hurt that was in your life? Oh yeah, definitely, and it's never a good idea, but. <laughs> Yeah. And it's hard to believe those people listening, they're hard to believe, wow, this woman ever gets angry? No way. <laughs> All right. But then the last thing is really what the process you're talking about with the Mercy Ministry Girls to address it, process it, and deal appropriately with it. And that's the the process that our Heavenly Father brings us through in order to use that brokenness for His glory is we need to deal with it. How often do you run into people who just, they just have never dealt with it? And it's because they're just worried, they didn't know how to start. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all the time, and I think we we just have, you know, as humans, unless, unless we really have to deal with something, we don't want to deal with it, because it can be scary. You know, a lot of the times, brokenness is coming from really terrible situations that have happened in our past. You know, I didn't really want to think about, you know, my parents fighting. I didn't want to think about that kind of stuff. Um, but it was through processing it, and it's, it's not that I, I was staying in those situations as far as in my mental state. It was just being able to apply the truth of God's Word and being able to get out of it. And so, you know, a lot of it's scary for people, but I think that if we just allow God to work on our hearts, our lives will be so much better. And, you know, His His love for us is so great. You know, there's, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, and He wants the very best for us, and He wants to make sure that we're whole. And, you know, there's the answer is Jesus. So you shared, and... and- Again, I, I I can't emphasize enough on how powerful what you just said. The answer to this, the solution for for healing brokenness is Christ. That's mm-hmm. why he died. He died to pay the price for the sin that caused the brokenness and the sin in our lives as we believed the lies. And then a lot of times we we then dive into sin in order to try to cover up the pain from the sin that was done against us. And, and it just perpetuates the brokenness. 
You had an opportunity to share with the Mercy Ministry Girls, as you said, in St. Louis, 10 tips for overcoming roadblocks to healing. First of all, why is healing a good idea? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's definitely a good idea because, as you just said, you know, if we, did, if we don't deal with the issue or if we continue to just experience, just have the brokenness in our lives, then there's going to be a consequence of it. There's going to be a result. You know, it's like it's like the young girl that says, well, you know, I, I feel worthless. You know, maybe something happened to her when she was younger, and so therefore I'm going to, you know, drink because, you know, I just feel this void in my heart. And so, you know, there's all kinds of ways that this comes about. But this, again, it's like the weeds that are in our garden. And so we have to be able to, you know, in order for us to have a thriving, beautiful garden, you know, we have to uproot those those weeds and replace them with the truth and then we'll see our garden become beautiful and so I just think it's so important because we can't you know live out that scripture in John 10 10 where it says Jesus said you know the enemy has come to steal kill and destroy but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full and that's what I believe that scripture means is that we are living in the fullness of Christ because he died for us and because he, he died so that those lives wouldn't have any power over us anymore. But often it's a process. And it, it is such a process, getting getting rid of those lies. But I want to take your analogy a little further, you know, that our mind is like a garden and, and the weeds, they need to be rid. We need to be rid of them. But if people... Uh, want to cover up the symptoms of their brokenness, like drinking or drugs or uh, relationships with multiple people, whatever you might want to do to mask that, what happens with a weed that goes undealt with? When you get a weed in your garden, if you just let it, if you just leave it there, what happens to it? Oh, yeah, it could take over. It could take, take over Perfect. <laughs> it could take over. And that's what happens. A lot of people think, well, it was just a small thing. I'll just ignore it. Well, the problem is when you ignore a weed, it will take over your garden, and it could be a tree. I mean, in Florida, <laughs> all throughout all of the farmland that's been laid fallow, so in other words, nobody's touching it, we get these palm trees, and they fill up every square inch of the forest. You can't, like where you live up in Atlanta and beyond, you can walk through the forest because there's not many weeds down here. You can't walk through the forest because there's so many weeds take over and you actually have to bring a bulldozer in to clear them all out. But that's what happens in our minds. If we let it go, it just grows and grows and grows and it eventually can really, the more, the longer you avoid it, the more difficult it is to get rid of. Isn't that what you found? Absolutely. I mean, it's speaking of the scripture that talks about how the seed fell on different kinds of ground. And so, you know, it talks about the thorny ground that, you know, the, the seed was choked out by the carrot of this life. And I think that that can be, you know, related to uh, the kinds of sins that we can get wrapped up in. And so we definitely want to make sure that in order to keep our eyes focused on him, we will have a you know strong relationship with God so that nothing gets in between us and God that we do deal with these issues. So how do you recognize brokenness in people? Are there a couple of quick symptoms just here in 30 seconds, a couple of things you can do to just recognize people that are broken? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I remember in high school I had a friend and he always sat by himself and you know, he just looked like he was kind of down in the dumps and so I ended up befriending him because I just could tell he was he was struggling and um, you know you can kind of see it on people's faces. Other other ways you can tell is if a reaction to something is kind of you know not congruent with the situation at hand. 
it's probably something that that person experienced way back in their lives. And so, you know, it's causing a, a reaction that's too big for the situation that's going on. That's another symptom. Um, you know, and just, I think, asking the Holy Spirit, you know, and also people that hurt other people, obviously. I mean, there's something definitely going on there where, um, you know, they're they're broken, so they their only choice, they feel like, is to um, hurt their people. All right. Karis, as we close out the show today, in a minute or less, what's a, give some words of encouragement for those out there that are experiencing brokenness or maybe have friends are and they don't know how to start the conversation. Well, you know, I think I think you could just talk about relating things to your own life. You know, where are there places where you've experienced brokenness in your life and, you know, God has helped you with it or God has used other people to help you? Um, you know, we've, we've done some work in Hollywood, my dad has, and, you know, they, they are not very open to hearing about the gospel, but they are very open to being prayed for. And so if you work in an organization that allows that, um, or it's, you know, on break time or something, you know, you might ask that person if you can pray for them and just pray for them and their situation and that God would just move in their lives and that he would heal whatever's broken. And, you know, I think that's a great open door to discussing things. That's so great. That's a great idea. Thank you so much for being part of the show today, Karis. I loved your ideas. We, we're going to have to talk about this again because it's such a great thing that we're as we're as we walk into our workplaces each and every day to be able to recognize those people around us who are broken and who need to hear the truth about Jesus. Author and speaker Karis Hillman Brown, thank you so much for being on I Work for Him today. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. You know, we learned today that our faith can impact the workplace by helping people that are broken. You know, we also learned, really, this is fantastic. We learned that our mind is like a garden and that the weeds, the lies that we've been told all of our lives, they tend to grow out of control and, and we need to pull the weeds. But then we need to plant the seeds of truth. We need to surround ourselves with plant the seeds of truth in our lives. And then we need to water them. We need to go to places where that will be watered and fertilized. We need to surround ourselves with people that will do that. But we need to be those people for others. So I challenge you to go out to iWorkForHim.com tonight and join the iWorkForHim nation. Be the person that prays for your coworkers and employees each and every day. Befriending them. Looking for ways to pray with them. Be that person of faith in your workplace that people know they can come to you when they're broken, when they're experiencing trouble in their lives. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him.